Hey, it's Mother Funny Time with Andy and Angie. Two cousins, eight kids, one grandkid, two states. And a whole lot of fun. Woo! Welcome back, Mother Funny Tribe. (laughs) (laughs) I decided to go more mellow today. Less caffeinated Andy, more mellow. Hey, everyone. Welcome to <laughs> <laughs> Andy and Angie. This is not a meditation podcast. <laughs> Everybody. So nice to be here today. We'd like just the Lord to just refresh your souls <laughs> as you drink in <laughs> motherhood. Let's focus on what we're thankful for, what we're grateful for. I'm sure you've all been up for three hours before your kids woke up this morning, just praying, milking the cows, churning your butter. Your three-year-old's probably making eggs right now. No, don't do it. I shut down when I hear it. Angie literally cannot podcast (laughs) if I mention the E G G S C O O K I N G. Just the mama bear in me comes out so much for that situation that I can't move forward. Like I'm just stuck in that zone thinking of Cole <laughs> making his own eggs. And I just, I can't overcome that. So if we go there, I'm, I'm done. Like, <laughs> I'll just stop Jeez. talking and only focus on that. <laughs> It'll just be me with my smooth jazz voice <laughs> and gentle shaming. <laughs> I'd like to gentle shame. Um, No, we're back today talking more about mom guilt, and we're going to get some more into um, things like how to overcome it. What does it look like? We could also really talk about what it is again. What is it? Because for me, it feels more like just regrets that like stick with you. You know what I mean? Interesting. Like that regret that won't go away. That's what mom guilt is for me without looking up the definition on my phone. That nagging little voice inside your head. You did this wrong. You did this wrong. You did this wrong. Is that what you're thinking? Like on repeat? Yes. And all the things you did wrong, you lay your head down and you look at the time that like you think of the time that you snapped at your your three-year-old for cook. I mean, not for cooking. You snapped at your (laughs) three-year-old. They burned their eggs at three years old. (laughs) For burning their eggs. How dare you? (laughs) You didn't know to take it off of the stove. (laughs) You never cook eggs like that, you fool. (laughs) I should have. I should have been more patient. (laughs) So, yeah. Please, anyone, if you allow your toddler to cook their eggs, please do not reach out to me. I don't want to (laughs) know. I don't want to know the details. I don't want to know the benefits. I don't want to know anything about it. I literally just learned about that in the last podcast, and that's all I need to know. So good for you. Keep doing what you're doing. I'm going to stay completely oblivious (laughs) to that. She's not shaming you. No, I'm not shaming you, but I don't want to know. She deals with denial. That's what she does. That's how she handles it. And you're welcome. She's not shaming you. (laughs) She denies your existence. (laughs) Just exist in your own world, okay? Don't come into my world. Stay in your lane. (laughs) 
<laughs> stay in your lane. Yes. I think actually staying in your lane helps with mom guilt. Oh, for sure. We all just stay in our own lane. Okay. So, so take that, smoke it in your pipe. What is it? Put it in your pipe <laughs> no. and smoke it. <laughs> if you were in the 70s, that's what you were to done when you were pregnant. You put it in your pipe and smoked it. Now we're with back your to diet. smoking. <laughs> I know. All we're going to talk about these episodes are smoking and cooking <laughs> with eggs. <laughs> pasteurized eggs, pasteurized eggs. So okay. you had three kids. You still have them. <laughs> you currently I, still have yeah. three kids. <laughs> yes, I have currently three kids. Do you have any examples of mom shame or a time when you felt mom shame? I think you were the perfect oh, mom. You mean mom guilt or oh, mom God, shame? Oh, God. <laughs> mom guilt. What are we talking about She's today? She's stuck on the eggs. She's stuck on <laughs> toddlers cooking eggs. This is what we. I've done. I've done this to her. I have guilt, cousin guilt. I need to just rein it in. What are we talking about today? Oh, mom guilt. <laughs> We've done mom shame. We know all that. We know all that. I think you're a great mom. I think you were a great mom when your kids were Aww. little. I think you continue to be a great mom. So I don't think you should feel so guilty about anything when it comes to your parenting. But were there certain circumstances when something happened and you're like, oh, this is a time I felt mom guilt or shame. Let's just talk about it all today. Smoking, <laughs> shame, guilt. Toddlers cooking, meditation. <laughs> I don't think we can. I don't think we would be able to move on. <laughs> meditation. Um, okay, so I don't, there. I have a lot of, I, I remember a lot of mom guilt from just like feeling like I was never gentle parenting enough. That was my biggest. Um, my most like instant mom guilt was I tend to be more competitive with games. I've had to learn like to 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 reel it in. Like I don't have to win the game. I don't have to, um, you know, win the competition, whatever it is. So do you remember those handheld like electronic football games? They were like late 70s, early 80s. They were like... Uncle Jeff had one. Anyway, they're these little handheld before they had like Game Boys or whatever. They were just these handheld yes. games you played football. Yes. yes. Okay, sorry. It took me you a second. Basically <laughs> I'm a little younger. <laughs> to go that that back. That yeah, back. you're probably a toddler making eggs playing with your <laughs> Don't do it. Football game. Don't mention eggs. <laughs> Don't do it. So I had gotten one. They had like a retro one. I bought one. Daisy was probably like 12 years old. We still talk about this. And we were playing this game. And I'm going to tell you that the computer, it's, you know, old technology. The computer always has one side that wins, one side that loses. It just is what it is. And I was playing Daisy and you pass it back and forth. And I was on the losing side and I was so frustrated that instead of handing my sweet, non-competitive 12-year-old the <laughs> the game for her turn, I like tossed it at her. It hit her directly in the head. <gasps> and she had a bruise. Oh, no. And I was like, what have I done? <laughs> I am the worst 
<laughs> and she was like, ow. Oh, cute little daisy. Oh, no. Cute, this little sweet little flower of a child. I'm like, ah, oh, and I like toss it at her just right to her head. And she didn't even care if she won. She was like, oh, and she had a bruise. And I had to look at that bruise for days and felt so guilty. I'm like, I will never <laughs> be competitive again ever I'm the worst mom ever I can't believe I did that so we still talk about it. I actually have one of those and we still laugh at, we laugh about it she's turning 26 in a couple days um <laughs> I'm not playing that game with you ever I don't, I don't play well I've learned my lesson <laughs> I'm like I'm literally the worst um I've that was you know, game night gone wrong <laughs> or game yeah. night gone bad. Like you have all these intentions just, and these excitement, like family game night. Yes. It's going to be so great. And then you're like chucking the device. <laughs> chucking things the at my child's head. I know. Now get yourself I an think ice that's pack. the thing. Did you yell that at her too? <laughs> yeah, I did. Go make me some eggs. <laughs> Stop your crying. <laughs> there was a time. Okay, here's some other mom. Get look. I'm gonna just process. This is gonna be Andy's processing episode where I like confess. All my Let's do it. Failings. Um. So Caleb was three years old, and while he was making me eggs, he. No, just kidding. Sorry, Dude. I can't stop. I'm going to. I'm going to. Okay. So Caleb was three years old. And See, now I'm looking, was... thinking of him making eggs on your stove. Sorry. Everybody's already annoyed with me even saying it. No. But I can't stop. I'm a little obsessive, I guess. So Caleb, he's like, maybe he's two, he's between two and three. And he is just starts crying really loud. And I'm looking at him and I'm like, what's wrong, buddy? What's wrong? And I'm trying to, you know, assess the situation. And Caleb was just always a really loud child, like happy or sad. He's full of life. He's very fun now. He's still very loud, but he's very, he's just a full of life, fun guy. Anyway, he was like just screaming and screaming. And I'm like, what is wrong? And and I'm looking at him and I can't see anything's wrong and he can't, he's not telling me. And I just was like, dude, just suck it up, buddy. Like whatever's going on, suck it up. You need to stop screaming. Well, then like as right after I said that, I look like I start like looking through his hair and I can see his skull. He had cut the corner of his head open. But for whatever, it was like, it's super thin skin there, like right where you're like in your hairline where the skull is. So there wasn't even like real blood. There was like a tiny bit of blood. The front of the head, you get those big bloody wounds, but the side just, he just cut his head open. He must have hit the corner of our like hutch at the time. And I felt horrible. <laughs> like I'm like, suck it up, toddler. Oh, no. No. <laughs> Oh, no. Back in my day, if our school was showing, we just go mix. I'm not going to say it. <laughs> okay. Did you throw the Neosporin at his head? <laughs> I did. I threw it at him. Take, take this. Take care of yourself. You're fine. <laughs> no, because I'm also not great in like a scary situation. So I just start like I put a towel on his head and start like, ah, <laughs> like called Grace, come home now. We got to go to urgent care. And yeah, which is not helpful. You need someone more calm like this, Andy. You need this calm situation when your child's <laughs> school is showing. 
And I mean, that sounds more graphic than it is basically that little piece of skin cut open, maybe an inch. Yeah, but it's terrifying. It's terrifying. Anyway, that's so those are a couple of my mom guilt. There's a time that Shiloh got lost in Ikea. I oh, mean, and Ikea I have 26 huge. years of store. That's huge. It's a huge so store. Huge. She was like a year and a half and she was walking with Chris like she was walking and we didn't have her in a car. And then I was like, hey, Chris, I'm going to go look at something. But I didn't say to him, make sure you keep an eye on Shiloh. I was just thinking like, OK, I'm going to go look over here just so you know. He did not take that to mean that I was not taking Shiloh with me. And so I walk over to the other side of the store. We're like at checkout, which is huge. I like walk to the other side. And then I see him, like as soon as I'm done, I see him walking towards me from across the warehouse. And I'm like, he is walking fast for somebody who has a one-year-old. And I'm like, where's Shiloh? I'm like yelling across Ikea, where's Shiloh? And he's like, you're kidding me. And I'm all, he's like, you have Shiloh. I'm like, no. And I start panicking. And then thankfully a sweet lady's like, are you missing a one-year-old? She's right here. I was like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. How long what else have I done? How long was Shiloh with that sweet little lady? Um, not very long, but she had definitely toddled away from Chris. The moment from me leaving and coming back was probably about five minutes. I don't know how long she started her journey. I think she just left Chris and started walking towards me. But horrible. I know. You guys want to hear about all of the things I did? No, that's good. That's good. And this is not Andy confesses all. Is this freaking you out? This is not an episode where Andy just lets us know everything that happened. That's good. Okay, then you have to give one. I'm sorry I asked. Angie is traumatized. She's like, I can't believe you threw a game at your 12-year-old's head. Can't believe you told your three-year-old to suck it up. No, there are times when I just tell my kids, like, just handle it. And then one of my my friend Christine one time was like, did you just tell your two-year-old to handle it? I was like, yes, I did. <laughs> yes, I yes. did. I did. Um, they weren't bleeding so, from the head by any means. but <laughs> Well, there really wasn't much blood. To be fair, I did not see. Only blood. seven stitches. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Come on. Um. Okay. So do you feel mom guilt? And give me give me one example. Make me feel better. Okay. Everyone, as we talked about, has experienced mom guilt. It's kind of a universal thing. This is a time when I just had to figure out how the logistics would work. Like, because I had twins, and I know this won't relate to everyone because not everyone has twins, but really even when you're dealing with one child is one age and another child is another age. But that was one thing when I had twins and they were babies and newborns like yes you could hold two you could hold them both at a time but then sometimes you just needed to hold one twin and not the other twin and Peyton would only go to me like a hundred percent of the time she only wanted to be with me she wouldn't go to anyone well Tegan loved everybody and everything and so she would so when people would come over I'd be like here just hold a baby like at all times I wanted the twins held and so anytime someone would come over I literally would be handing them Tegan while I held Peyton handing them Tegan while I held Peyton handing them Tegan while I held Peyton I'm like man when she's in therapy, it's all going to go back to the fact <laughs> that my mom kept handing me to everybody. 
<laughs> I'm going to hold Peyton. <laughs> and it wasn't a favorites thing by any means. But if I tried to give anyone Peyton, she would scream hysterically and cry and it would be so sad. Or like there'd be times when I would be nursing Tegan and Peyton literally would cry the entire time. And I'm like, Peyton, I cannot hold you right now. Like I have to feed your sister. Like there's no other option. <laughs> This is all I could do. But it is hard like when you're trying to maneuver just the logistics of kids or something I really focused on doing was like anytime I picked up a twin, I gave them a kiss. Because when it's twins, you really are. Your attention is divided to two babies, you know. So I just wanted to make sure they're still getting like the hugs, the snuggles, the kisses. Well, once Peyton started crawling, she still wanted to be snuggled and hugged. And maybe I was making breakfast or making lunch or whatever. And I couldn't hold her at that moment. So she literally would crawl over to like with this huge giant panda bear um, that Ryan's first stepdad Gary gave us. And she would crawl over to Mandy. That's the panda's name. She would crawl over to Mandy with her bottle and she would just snuggle with the panda bear and her blanket and drink a bottle. Or she would crawl over to our dog Cooper and like snuggle with Cooper and drink the bottle. And (laughs) Aww. The bottle had milk in it. It kind of sounds like I'm talking about alcohol. She would take the bottle. (laughs) She would grab the gym beam. That's something you should feel guilty about. (laughs) And it was at those moments that I would be like, oh, she really wants me to hold her and feed her or give her a bottle. But I just couldn't, you know, as a mom, like I just didn't have those opportunities. And so sometimes just working through that of like, as much as I want to hold her or snuggle with her or support her or be there for her, logistically, I just can't. Like, I still have other things that have to get done. And I know a lot of moms can focus on like, oh, I didn't do anything all day. Well, if you have a newborn, no, that is doing something today. That is doing so much work. You know, so many moms at the end of the day might look at, what did I actually accomplish? Well, you kept a child alive. Or you kept a baby yes. alive or you got everyone to the practice, the soccer practice, martial arts, lacrosse practice, whatever. You got them all those places where they needed to be, whether it was on time or they were late or they were early. Like you still accomplished that. And I think that can just be part of processing through guilt or mom guilt mm. is realizing you, you're you living within your capacity. I mean, yeah, we're not all superhuman. We aren't all superwomen, <laughs> Wonder Woman. <laughs> we have, we are human, and so we have to. We can only do so much, and so to kind of work through those emotions of what am I physically able to do? Yeah. So you, th- what I'm kind of hearing is like we have these expectations for ourselves, and if we fail those expectations, then the guilt sets in. And I could say something like, you know, it was only a bruise on Daisy's head. It could have been, I'm just kidding. It could have been. <laughs> could have been worse. Could have been worse. Go make your eggs. No, like, oh. <laughs> I feel like my story is, I know. I'm making this terrible. I apologize to everyone. No, um, don't apologize. It's great. <laughs> it's all good. Well, I think the thing with mom guilt, which is so funny, is on this side of it, you know, as I'm like unloading my own like stories of times I failed my kids <laughs> in some way. And they were, I mean, thankfully, those were relatively small comparatively. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> Look, I'm trying, I'm already feeling insecure. I'm like, I didn't mean to throw it at her. 
It just happened. I didn't mean to lose Shiloh. I didn't mean to yell at Caleb. Um, that's mom guilt. But I think that it sticks with you. And like, that's what you remember. Like on this side of parenting, I remember the times I failed. Like it's the weirdest thing. Like I want to remember more of just the fun we had, but you know, memories can are weird that way. Like where what's like awkward or uncomfortable or failures tend to replay and stick out in your mind. So I wish like on this side of it, look, now I'm feeling guilty on this side. I wish I would have held on to more of just the absolute fun times and the things I did correctly or the things I did right and enjoyed those and let those like kind of replace the negative things um, with that. So yeah, and that's part yeah. of it because you can have within a day like a hundred wins and then you have one fail and what are you going to be thinking about yeah. and processing through, right? Instead of focusing on those 100 wins. And I think that's part of what helps with mom guilt and dealing with mom guilt is to focus on the positive things that you did achieve and sometimes even yeah. like itemizing it, you know, because you could just say, I picked up everyone from school today. Well, that is a success. And, you know, oh, there's a bunch of kids. and You got them all where they needed to be. <laughs> Sometimes you forget one. <laughs> Today you did not forget one. I remember no one I have kids. so many stories. Okay, here's another one. <laughs> one time <laughs> I was... Um, I was at church and I was working part time at the church and I had Caleb with me because he was doing like a guy's um, discipleship kind of thing. And he was probably, again, like 10 to 12. He's probably 12. And he was there and I worked like at a regular work schedule, but I didn't usually bring Caleb. So like I brought him. I did my work. Well, I did what I usually do at the end of the day. And I just went home and I started making dinner. And I start yelling for my family members <laughs> like to come and eat. And I'm like, Chris, Caleb, Caleb, <gasps> calling his name. And I'm all, oh, no. <gasps> and he didn't have a phone at the time. And I'm like, I left him at church. And I got there and one of the leaders was there and they were just playing video games. <laughs> and I'm like, I am so sorry. So if you brought all your kids home, <laughs> that's a win. How late were you to pick him up? At least a half an hour. He didn't even realize because he was playing video games. Oh, okay. And it's, but it's also the worst because he's like the middle child. You know, <laughs> he's like, sure, totally on track. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> this tracks. <laughs> This tracks middle child left to church. Oh, left behind. <laughs> That's why he had to be so loud, just so I wouldn't forget him. <laughs> just kidding. He's unforgettable. He's he's my only son and I love him so much. Remember anyway, so, yeah. when he called himself K Bob? That's like oh, my favorite. Um, he was so cute and he'd be, say like his name was K Bob. Well we still well we kind he would kind of say like K Bob. And to this day, we call him K-Bub or we call, I call him Bubs. So cute. I love it. He's, he's the best son a mom could ask for. But yes, you're doing an okay job. Even if you leave your child at church, it's okay. 
It's okay. It's all going to come out. Because you know what? Here's the thing. And I heard this when I was a young mom. And I really held on to it, hoping it would be true. And I remember, uh, so my friend did hair. She's, she still is a hairdresser. It's not um, the one I usually see, but another friend. And she said she was in like doing her mom, like somebody's mom's hair, not her mom, somebody's mom's hair and their daughter. So it was like a mother daughter hair time, spa time. And they were both there. And the mom was like talking about just kind of how like I am now like talking about things she did or times she lost it on her daughter and like yelled at her. And the daughter was like, mom, I don't remember any of that. Like, I just remember you were a great mom. And I was like, oh, Lord, <laughs> that's my the cry of my heart of my kids. <laughs> but I, I mean, obviously, that's not for everything. I still joke about the time I left Caleb. <laughs> the church we still joke about the time i hit daisy in the head um, no but i love reminded. that i absolutely love yeah. that because i think what your kids are going to remember and what they i mean i can't speak for your kids but that you were present <laughs> you were there for them when they had something to talk yes. about you stopped what you were doing and listened or said you know like if you were cooking and you know your kids came and talked to you while you were cooking or while you were folding laundry like you and chris especially were like really present with your kids and gave them that attention that they needed. I mean, one thing that kind of I became aware of, and I don't know why this was something um, I was thinking about, but when my kids come up to me to talk to me about something, whatever that is, regardless of how big or little that is, that is important to them. So to just Mm. listen, to give them that time. And I know so many times people are like focused on like, look your kids in the eye and, you know, give them a hug and do this, 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 and this. Well, sometimes it's not practical when you're doing dishes. Like, you know, you can still do dishes and have a great conversation with your child and listen to whatever's on their heart or whatever they're worried about or concerned about or what the high was for their day. And they want to talk to you about that. But just being present in that moment. So like you're saying, if you might lose it at the end of the day when you're stressed out and tired and exhausted, well, they might not remember that because they're going to remember that you were there to listen to them, to talk with them, to help them work through that. And I mean, especially when kids are younger, like those conversations aren't three hours long. You know, even (laughs) with a middle schooler, it might just be a 20 minute conversation. Like I think sometimes people make it such a big deal of like, I don't have time to talk to my kids because I'm so busy. Okay, well, sometimes a five minute conversation when you're fully present can still have impact on your child's life for the positive. Oh, for sure. For the good. For the good. good. Angie's always looking for the good. And I think that's true. And like, our kids are not always thinking of our failings every day. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, They're not like us. They're not thinking of all the times that we messed up. They're thinking about their own thing and, and their own issues and seeing the world through their own lenses. And they know that we love them and that we care for them and we're doing our best. And they see what we go through, you know, and not that they always understand, but I think the older they get, the more they understand. I know my kids, as they've gotten older, they're like, mom, I understand that now. And so they mature and they grow and they remember their own failings and their own mistakes. So just helping them navigate that. And even I think even through the failures as a parent, like when you make mistakes, like showing kids how to respond to that And not like one thing I try to do with my kids is not ever um, like, I don't want like gaslight them. I want them to know that I know that I made a mistake and that I take responsibility for my mistakes 
and, you know, apologize. So I think those are great ways that even if you mess up, I think something that can stop mom, I mean, that can feed mom guilt is not taking responsibility and talking to your kids about it. Because I think once you have that, like once you've discussed it with your kids or whatever, I mean, I know you can't do that as like a preschooler or maybe, well, you can, but I mean, when they're little, little or every little thing, but in a healthy way, not putting it on them, but just anytime that you see they're affected and you know you messed up to just be like, hey, I'm just sorry. Mommy shouldn't have done that or mommy (laughs) shouldn't have thrown the game at you or, you know, like I should be able to um, control my emotions or whatever it is. And I lost it and I love you. And yeah, I think that's a great way because once you've kind of like set that out there, then both of you can move on. Um, or even you and your kid might be like, whatever, mom, I don't care. Like the when they're so little, like they don't, I don't think hold on to anything that you failed or any time that you feel like you've lost it or gotten too frustrated. But yeah, just, I guess humility, it helps. It's true. And I think like you're talking about letting go. And I mean, we all can need to be Elsa. At some point in our lives. Yes. <laughs> Just let, let that mom guilt go. <laughs> let it's it not go. worth hanging on. Because if you hang on to that mom guilt, it's going to affect you the next day and the next day and the next day. Like, it's not going to be healthy. Right. I mean, and if you really are concerned or struggling with mom guilt and you just can't get over it, almost as much as I can't get over toddlers making eggs. Like if you're stuck there (laughs) in that mom guilt moment, like maybe that is time to be open and honest with a friend or your spouse or a loved one or a counselor or psychologist or whatever. Like if you're really impacted by that mom guilt, there could be something else going on. Right. Yeah. I think that's good. Like talk about it, find the root. Um, And again, like meeting your children where they are at their age. (laughs) Obviously, you can't talk to your kids. Like, as I'm saying, you can apologize or own your own mistakes. Well, when um, a child's, you know, five, you can't get into really deep things, but you can just apologize. And yeah, your husband who might not have dad guilt (laughs) can will probably be reassuring like, no, you're doing a great job. Or a friend, a friend who's in the same stage of life. And, you know, hopefully you have those encouraging friends, not the mom shaming friends. Because let me tell you, if you have mom guilt and somebody shames you, it's just going to perpetuate that guilt and it's going to make it worse. And we need to lift each other up, right? Like, Let those moms go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Don't hold on to those friends. Go find other friends. <laughs> Limit. I know. And she's like, I don't get shamed. And there's a good reason. <laughs> I picked the support. So that's good. So that's how we can. I mean, we're almost out of time already. I mean, we pretty much are out of time. I don't even know where the time goes. We're just talking, sharing. <laughs> discussing the the very lighthearted funny topic of mom guilt (laughs) of mom guilt this is how i know we're starting our day (laughs) let's wake up drink coffee and talk about mom guilt talk about mom guilt. it was funny because angie was like we could we're gonna talk about mom guilt and shame but like that's not very funny i'm like oh Oh, it's going to be funny. I know. I was a little concerned. But we don't take you a right. lot of things seriously, except for children's safety. 
And for the record, I am a huge supporter of um, kids with helmets. Like when you made that comment, I think in the first episode, I just want to say amen to that. Angie's a big fan of helmets. Big fan. (laughs) I love helmets. I think it's great for kids to wear helmets. It's really good for their safety. (laughs) We're talking about like two-year-olds on the playground. We're not talking about e-bike teens. I mean, she supports that 150%. But when I say kids with helmets, she's like kids, toddlers playing. (laughs) I mean, when like my kids are three years old with a scooter, and they're barely on it and barely bouncing, balancing on that scooter, they're seriously wearing a helmet just in case. Yes. <laughs> just in case. I mean. <laughs> I mean, they literally aren't moving on the scooter. They're like just standing on they're a scooter. They're just standing on it. <laughs> I'm like, it's time to go get this one, a, sco- <laughs> a helmet. They, they want the scooter. Hey, you guys. You need a helmet. We're walking. You need a helmet. We're walking down a bumpy sidewalk. <laughs> You could trip at any time. Hold mommy's hand. I don't care that you're 13. Hold my hand. Hold mommy's hand. Do you have your knee pads on? (laughs) Yes. Big firm believers in helmets and safety gear and safety for children. And I will not feel ashamed and I will not feel guilty that I am above and beyond safety. Like safety is a huge priority for me. I'm, I'm proud of that. I stand on that. So that's what I think. I think what we've come to is Angie stays in her lane. She expects everybody to stay in their own lane and she will not take your shame. And so her guilt is probably to a minimum because she's like, this is what I do. Y'all can do what you want to do. I don't care. Just don't exist in my world or near me if you're cooking eggs. So pretty much, pretty much. I just don't have time and I don't want to make space or make time for people who are so negative or that shame others or make other people feel guilty. Like I'd rather go for a walk by myself than walk with someone who's going to shame or complain or make other people feel guilty. Do you know what I mean? Like I just I don't want to have that in my life. So I just it's not going to be part of it. That's my boundary. It took me a while to come up with that, you know, because I, by nature, I'm a Mm -hmm. people pleaser. Um, But then I had to come to terms with like, I'm so optimistic. I can't others to be, expect others to be optimistic. But I can want to choose to spend my time with people who are kind hearted towards others. That's amazing. See, you guys take that tip and trick. I was going to say and put it in your pipe. But I oh, Jesus. Well, I just did. I just did. I would say my boundary was I started once I like stopped letting the guilt and shame like attack me is I would start teasing people as they were shaming me. <laughs> I would be like, nice. Because that's obviously my like nature. It would just become funny to me. Because I'm like, I know what you're doing. And I, like, <laughs> would you say it to them out loud or did you just think that? Yes. <gasps> like if they would if they would start oh. like, well, I wouldn't say I know what you're doing, but I would start teasing them back. And usually it would get them to laugh and like let it go. So to this day, when I see people like saying things that they're trying to, and they, they probably don't even know they're trying to, but like when they try to say something that like makes me feel guilty, I just tease them. <laughs> and they usually laugh and get over it. There you go. A sense of humor. 
we don't need to take ourselves so seriously. We don't. (laughs) We don't. I once had this lady walk up to me who I knew I didn't do anything to her. And she's like, I'm upset with you. And I was like, oh. And I grabbed hands. I'm all, tell me more. What have I done? (laughs) I was like, I'm not doing this. And it was really actually ended up being a funny moment. (laughs) That's like an example. I'm like, oh, what now? What have I done? Could be anything. (laughs) Who knows? <laughs> Who knows what I've said or done? But like, we don't, just don't have to take things so seriously. <laughs> so Angie has boundaries. I just turn it into a joke. So that's how. Those are some tips or tricks you can try. We hope that's helpful. Oh, it's helpful. It's helpful for sure. And if anybody else has any... Um, tips or tricks for dealing with mom guilt, or if you have a story, or if you just want to share with us because you've been feeling guilty and you need somebody to like talk it out with, reach out to us. If you have a three-year-old cooking, do not, I repeat, do not talk to Angie. You can talk to me. I want to see the videos. No. I don't. <laughs> I want to see the videos. I won't show Angie because she will stop doing this podcast with me. I want I no part of that. No part of that. I. I hope that next time I'm not as obsessed about saying things like toddlers cooking eggs. And <laughs> no, it's the best part. <laughs> so please share, share it with people. <laughs> like us, tell a friend. Tell a friend about our podcast, not about the eggs. <laughs> let, me, let me preface this. <laughs> Let the eggs be a surprise, a pleasant (laughs) surprise. (laughs) You will not find that on our social media anywhere. (laughs) Oh, it's going. I'm going to find a video and it's going up there. I'm going to tag you. No, (laughs) I'm going to block you. (laughs) And this is how Mother Funny ended with toddlers cooking eggs. And Andy's inability (laughs) to follow boundaries. Okay. All right. Till next time, everyone. Bye. (laughs) All right. That's all we have time for today. We got to wrap it up, unfortunately. But just remember, you might think you're doing just okay, but we think you're doing really great. Thanks for hanging out with us today. We hope you have a great mother funny day. Please like and share our podcast. But please don't tell our moms. Are you ready to record? Look at her totally hitting on target. <laughs> is it together for you? Ish. Ish. It is. Wow. So that's a little surprising. That's amazing. Yeah. Okay, here we go.